remember the past, read your copy of the Haven Herald and rev up your attack van as we escape to Haven. This is Troubled, a Haven Rewatch podcast. I'm your first host in our father-son podcasting duo, Alex French. And this is your co-host, Rich French. The French is still celebrating in the sweet, sweet victory of the Milwaukee Bucks winning their first championship since 1971. Did I mention it was sweet? <laughs> no, maybe you should say it a couple more times. This is Rich French. No, who no, celebrate. No, no. Oh, okay. you didn't mean seriously. Okay. No. Okay. All right. So here we are uh, going to talk about Haven season three. We have moved beyond season two. And we're escaping to season three. I'm going to keep saying escape to Haven because that's uh, we're doing that a lot this season. There's a big promo information about this season was the big tagline was escape to Haven. But first, we're going to talk about episode 301, as the production title is called. And the episode is, of course, titled episode 301. 301. Keeping it simple. I like it. Not really. Yes. You, know, uh, you know, we could do a better episode title than the, the Potter's Field Grave. Yeah, yeah, I think once again was a convenient, conveniently uh, put in there to cover for them naming, naming it 301. Uh, maybe they should call it the H-Files, you know, for this yeah, episode. Basically, basically. Uh, maybe Ernst and Dunn liked the dark game 301 a lot. I don't know. All right, so we're going to talk about 301. As, court, as, as usual, we are going to begin with an episode summary just to kind of get you caught up. This is even more... We want to do this now, especially because uh, Haven is not even on Tubi anymore. It's been removed off of Tubi, and we're not able to find it on any streaming service, which these guys really just don't want our podcast to succeed. They want to cut us off at the legs here. I'm telling you, the man's trying to hold us down, but we're not going to stop. We're going to keep giving you Haven content. I'm pretty sure Sean Piller heard some of the stuff we're saying, or Eric Balfour was like, yeah, pull Haven from Tubi. Shut that podcast down. I don't want them kill it anymore. <laughs> I, I have been noticing black uh, SUVs driving through my gated community and slowing down in front of my house. So uh, and it might sure explain just, the helicopter. It's just from your message board activity. Um. <laughs> Too extreme. <laughs> okay. So uh, episode 301 begins right where episode 12 of season two left off Sins of the Father, where uh, Nathan and Duke are fighting for the gun and we hear a gunshot and this kind of picks up where they start fighting. Of course, the gunshot shoots in the air. Nobody gets hurt. Nathan, you know, gets some blood on Duke. Duke's power activates. He tosses Nathan, explains how it all works. And then everything starts magnetizing to the ceiling before anything further can happen between their fight. Uh, including the gun, including yeah. the gun goes up to the ceiling. And Nathan realizes, yeah, Duke has no idea where Audrey is. It's a plant, clearly. So they kind of decide to move. And they're like, oh, shit. And he's still kind of like, are you doing this? And Duke's like, no, no, no. So they kind of leave and go find out what happened. Right. It, 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 it starts the, uh, you know, are you like your father and, uh, you know, killer type, you know, a recurring theme of the episode. Right. And then we pick up where we get a little tease as to what happened to Audrey, right? Right. We see Audrey tied up uh, and bound to a post in a dark cellar or a basement, if you if you will, depending where you're from, what they call it. And a man walks up to her who is hidden in the shadow so you can't see him. And uh, he asks her where the Colorado kid is. And uh, she tells him to go to hell. So he slaps her pretty freaking hard, too. Yeah, a lot of blood coming out of her mouth. 
Meanwhile, uh, yeah, open credits. Uh, Dwight, they run into Dwight's in the street helping citizens because the magnet, the magnetization thing had pulled up all this metal, a lot of people's cars damaged, blah, 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 when Duke and Nathan walk up to talk to him about it. Right. And while they're uh, they're bickering, uh, Stan walks over and says another woman has been abducted near the Altair Bay Inn and they might be connected. So... Yeah, they head over to the inn and they talk to the guy. He's like, yeah, my mom's been kidnapped. Uh, it's aliens. And they're like, what? Uh, he's convinced it's aliens. You know, the, the probe in her nose, the blood, thinks she's been abducted. And as Duke tries to kind of convince him that they they believe in aliens too and to get him to the station so they can talk it over, he gets on his motorcycle and escapes. And he, yeah, he gets, gets out of Dodge and now they have to chase him. Well, as they're leaving... To uh, pursue Wesley, the camera pans down and we realize Audrey is actually in the cellar of the Altair Bay Inn, which is kind of uh, ironic, huh? Well, just a uh, heavy coincidence. Coinkydink. Uh, oh, I hate that term. Jeez. <laughs> I believe I used it. E- edit that out, please. So Audrey's in the, the cellar here at the Altair, Altair Bay Inn and the, the shadowy man comes back in and... Uh, and she tells him, hey, Colorado kid died uh, 27 years ago and explains that there's this other woman that looked like her. But the man says he knows they're the same person and she needs to stop playing games. Then he says something kind of funky. Uh, you think you're the only one to love the Colorado kid, which is pretty, pretty friggin' interesting. That got my attention. And then it turns out Audrey hears a voice. There's another person in the cellar uh, who uh, and her name's Rosalind. It turns out she's Rosalind Wesley's mother, who is one of the you know, is the owner of the inn. And the man had, you know, basically abducted her as well and had and did ask about the Colorado kid. And she said, hey, he was just a guest here, you know, years and years ago. And uh and that's kind of uh, where we are at with Rosalind. Right. And so as they're chasing Wesley back to Duke and Nathan, the Bronco breaks down. Uh, Nathan's trying to fix it. Duke's like, bro, you're not going to fix this truck. Nathan's like, I'm going to fix everything. I'm going to find Audrey and this, that, blah, 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 blah. When all of a sudden he gets like pulled, uh, an invisible force pulls him through a field. And when Duke, uh, Duke chases after, when they finally come to a stop, they're in a crop circle. Uh, cue the X-Files music. Yeah. Right. And so nearby they find, uh, they they see them like, a, what would you have, a meteor, a comet, something like that? Uh, wasn't it a probe that they saw fly by? Not a meteorite, but a probe? Oh, yeah, yeah, probe. I guess just for some reason I was like thinking like what it could actually be instead of like, but, you know, like what it like if it was like translated to like something not part of the UFO conspiracy. Uh, something uh, more plausible? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was a probe that crashes, right? Uh, right. Dwight's on scene and then Dave and Vince kind of show up like, Oh, what's going on? You know, we don't know what happened to Audrey and we're and they're out. They're also at each other's throats. They're not happy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, there's some beef between the Teagues. I mean, uh, Vince basically thinks that Dave was involved in Audrey's introduction <laughs> and I'm like, what, what the fuck? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, and then, like I said, uh, you know, Dwight's already on the scene, getting Wesley out of the house and, you know, and then Dave and Vince come up. So, you know, every, everyone's there. Duke gets him to go back inside the house because lo and behold, you go inside the house and Wesley's got himself instead of a conspiracy board. He's got conspiracy walls where he has all his UFO and alien articles posted on the wall. See, he was a troubled uh, listener. He got his conspiracy board ready. He really took it to the next level. I bet you any money Wesley is a Patreon member. I'm, I'm sure he has, you know, after what happens with the episode, he had to, you know, do something to remain anonymous. So he, you know, used a, a stage name, but uh, 
Wesley's down with the cause. That's right. Okay, so, so continue. So nonetheless, they go through all the articles. They find there's only two of them that happened. One of them was like these, uh, this something lights issue. But then the other one is is that mothership uh, levels uh, hillside enclave, and uh, they they figure out, holy shit, that means a mothership's gonna come and level Haven. I'm not sure which part, all anything, but it's coming. Fuck this place up. Meanwhile, in the basement. Uh... Rosalind, the woman in the basement with Audrey or Seller, however you say it, gets taken, screaming, freaking out, right? Right. And then, uh, you know, when when the probe hits, and uh, it shakes the uh, the inn, it knocks over yeah. a lantern that starts a fire. And Audrey, being you know, the trained FBI agent she is, is able to use her foot to knock some topsoil over to put out the fire. And then with the broken glass, uses her toes to get a piece of broken glass to start working on her, her bound, uh, her bindings, which she eventually does free herself. Do you think she was nervous? She already got a cut on her foot as Lucy from a piece of broken piece of glass. It's dangerous. I was like, what if she cuts it again? Yeah. And shit. What's the next version of me going to think about two cuts on the feet? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Audrey escapes. She comes upstairs ready to like get in a fight, but Duke and Nathan have gone to the house and they're like, oh, it's all right. It's all right. We're here. Like, yeah, okay. yeah. She she had her sickle and she was ready to swing and was swinging it, but Duke was able to easily grab it, grab her and cover her mouth. I guess uh, didn't want anyone to hear anything. Just like Nathan and who will wear when to go here to make sure she yeah. doesn't scream for some reason. Yeah, it's a recurring theme. Um, I maybe her maybe she's like uh like Banshee or something from X-Men, like the Sonic Screamer Sindel from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so Wesley is, you know, there also, and he's like, oh, it's the fucking aliens. I can get on the radio and I can like do this or that. And he's doing, and Audrey tries to kind of talk him down, but it's not really working. She's trying to convince him that this isn't real. Duke's kind of like, maybe we should, uh, you know, maybe uh, we kill him. And then Nathan convinces Wesley, hey, your grandpa got abducted, right? He's out there waiting for you. And so Wesley walks out into the tractor beam of the mothership and gets upped. And God knows what's going to happen to him once he's up in, in the mothership. Yeah. A- a- <laughs> anal probes at a minimum. As Duke, well, Duke said he you know, went up his own ass. Like, who knows? Like, <laughs> how did how did it even work? He disappeared into his own, like, imagination mind story. Anyway, at the end, he gets abducted. Uh, everybody has a kind of final talk where Duke Duke's like, wow, Nathan, uh, you convince him, well, how is that any better than what I was going to say? And Nathan's like, you're just like your dad. You're going to be a killer. Like, don't even try to fucking say that shit to me. Right, which he, he'd hit on heavy. He was like, uh, maybe, maybe, and when the troubles are over, he comes back. Yeah, so, but the grandpa didn't come back. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was saving that for the discussion. But uh, uh, We'll yeah. get there. We'll so, get there. So at the end, Audrey, you know, Nathan's trying to comfort her. And she's like, no, 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 we got to go find the Colorado kid. And Vincent David's like, oh, you know, trying to play the same old game. And she's like, shut the fuck up. Tell me the truth. We need to get to, I'm done playing your fucking games. Like, where's his body? And they're like, okay, he's in 301 in a potter's field. So they they go to the potter's field and dig him up, right? Right. The next day they go there. Dwight and uh, Nathan are digging it up. Audrey's on the phone with the coroner because she's not believing that Rosalind's body was in the fire burning four hours. Oh, yeah. We didn't mention that. Rosalind, they found Rosalind's body in a furnace burned, uh, but it had been burning for four hours when Audrey just talked to her like an hour. Like, you know, there wasn't enough time. Something, right. something funky is going on here. Yeah, it, you know, and it's we believe it's a plot point, not the necessarily bad uh, trouble math that we're used to. <laughs> 
she's a rookie cop uh, in Vietnam. So nonetheless, the, the Teagues are there as well because Vince Barreto. Lo and behold, they bring up the they bring up the uh, coffin, and he's the, the Carroll kid's not in there. They move a blanket, and there's a bunch of bricks in there. So there was never a body in there. Vince and Dave are perplexed, and then they find Nathan finds writing in there, and it says, "Get to him before the hunter." And then they're like, "Sheesh, who wrote this?" You know, and then you know Dwight's like, "Who's the hunter?" Dave's like, "Who wrote this?" And then Audrey's like, "Oh, it's me. That's my handwriting." So they know the Colorado kid may be alive, and then all of a sudden ominous music starts playing and they fade back and it turns out there's someone watching them through a room window and a house very close to the cemetery, which I would say implies it's the abductor. Yeah. A mysterious abductor. And uh, that is it. End of episode one. one. All right. So the next step in our process, you give it a rating on your Frenchometer. What do you give episode three? Oh, one or three zero one maybe i thought you're going to go kind of like with the more british style and say process but uh yeah i like <laughs> process better now all kidding aside rating uh i enjoyed this episode and what it established for the rest of the season though the story around those plot lines was pretty weak and hokey so the main themes you know and plot lines i think established are nathan and duke conflict over their assumed roles you know uh, duke the trouble killer nathan the protector of the troubled and, you know, and, and then there are also Nathan's support of the mark, what that entails. And then finding the whereabouts of the Colorado kid who assisted him and, you know, who's this abductor? Who's the hunter? Are they one and the same? And, and why is the why is the abductor and hunter doing what they're doing? So and then, and then for now, it looks like the Teagues have put their shit aside, but that could flare up at any point dur- during the season. So th- there's some really cool storylines that, you know, hints for what's coming with the rest of season three, which I like. And uh I mean, but when it comes to rating it, I probably would rate the episode much higher if it wasn't built around an alien abduction theme. I mean, just to be honest, I don't like those. I'm not, it's, you know, I like the X-Files, but that's because it was dark and quirky. And this, this is like your typical one, hokey and cheesy. And I just, yeah, I just didn't like, I didn't like that. With all that said, my rating on the patented Frenchometer is seven. Seven. So yeah. yeah. If they put, built a better story around it, it would have been, you know, Probably an eight to nine, but yeah, the, the alien story shit. <laughs> oh, but it's still a seven. That's still pretty high. Uh, even I do because I think they did a good job of really setting up season three and what the conflicts are going to be. So I'm going to give yeah. this one a six. I think that's I think that's fair. I think I was probably too generous, but um, I don't like the main stuff. I should say this. I like. What you're saying, I agree with you that I like the implications that we now have. I don't necessarily love the road we took to get to those implications. I feel this episode was, it was somehow really busy and not much happening at the same time. It was a lot of like hullabaloo, but not much like things, right? Like, like what I love the, you know, I talked about the finale to season one being really fucking busy and chaotic, but, but to a point where it's almost, I kind of didn't like it, but I kind of also liked it this time. It just feels like they're moving. It feels like, it feels like a lot of this stuff could be done in a room and they make up scenes as excuses for things to happen. So they're, they're, um, they're disjointed, right? I was recently rewatching, 
uh, I, was re- I was recently going through the Matrix trilogy and I was watching Reloaded and that's how Reloaded feels. Where Reloaded is some cool action scenes, but the action scenes are completely disconnected from the actual story bits. So it's like Neo will sit with the Oracle and have a conversation for like 10 minutes and you're like, your mind's exploding because you're like, whoa, he's just like, he. I, I didn't even catch a lot of the stuff you'd be talking about until this like watch. And I was like, he's talking about like, digital primordial beings and stuff like that like this is fucking insane the type of conversation they're having but it's very casual and then we have an agent smith fight for the next 10 minutes that those things don't connect don't lead to each other and then he just leaves the agent smith fight and goes to have another conversation you know what i'm saying so it's like mm-hmm. it's just two segments a conversation action and i felt like that where i was like this feels like an excuse to have things happen but really if you had your way the episode would just be like you talking the entire time right so kind of the way i uh i kind of look at it is like they had these goals of what they wanted to introduce and that and then they just came up with some shit the fuck you know to give an excuse for it yeah you know? like there's t- like we need like them to be you know it's it's visual media like visual time-based media which means we need to have them doing stuff we need action so like okay we need a car chase but really why is that guy running is it really ever like explained not no like it doesn't really make sense why he left no i i think it's yeah i guess it's because he's he feels he's got to uh you know disrupt the navigational frequency or whatever his technique is to you know to say you know save them yeah but duke was like we got that equipment at the station he seemed to be buying it you know he like seemed to be going for duke's like thing and then yeah. all of a sudden he starts running and they chase him and then the crop circle happens and it's kind of like well what is this? And like, what was the invisible force that dragged Nathan to the crop circle? Right. It's kind of like, what was that? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's part of, uh, you know, Wesley's trouble, but really, but it's really the, yeah, the, the the rules of of it. Yeah. The the physics, the rules of his trouble are really like, uh, just so nebulous. It's like, like, how does this work? Like you just manifest, like how, how, why would your, I can understand a crop circle being formed. All right. I'm down with that. Like, cool. That's good. But why would your power be an invisible force that drags Nathan into the crop circle? That's bizarre. That's really weird, right? That doesn't really make sense to me. Well, it's because he had an article on the wall that said uh, sheriff dragged into crop circle. Uh, uh, fair enough. Why did that happen back then? <laughs> uh, the first time, yeah. The, yeah. yeah I, I, who's, why is that? I don't know. It's just weird. I understand it's like a recurring, you know, everything that happened before happening this time. But I should, yeah, let me say like that. Why did it happen the first time? Because uh, I get the mothership, the crop circle, the probe crashing, being triggered right by his mom being kidnapped by the the kidnapper, maybe Hunter or whatever. But it's just kind of weird. And also, why was there blood in this one when the kidnapper Hunter used the taser on Audrey, but beat the shit out of Rosalind? Because <laughs> there was blood on the floor, right? Yeah, there, there, there was blood on the floor, and then, you know, you know. And also, like, is the kidnapper, you know, like, used a taser on Audrey, but the second he had her tied up, he was willing to, like, hit her in the face as hard as he could, you know what I mean? Like, knock her around so there's, like, blood coming out of her mouth. Like, I'm going to knock some sense into you. I was like, yeah. wow, weird use of force. At first it was like, oh, use a taser, and this time it was like, like, oh, like, you know, fucking I don't care if I break her teeth. Cause yeah, he he smacked her freaking hard. At least that's like, how wow. they made it look. I was like, wow, that's uh, <laughs> all right. That guy's going full Guantanamo. Okay, yeah. Meanwhile, I didn't really think the fight at the beginning was good. You know, because that fight between Nathan and Dwight. I'm sorry, Duke and Dwight and Dwight last season was pretty fucking awesome. You know, they're tossing mm-hmm. around each other. We liked it. This time with 
Duke and Nathan looked pretty cheesy. There was a punch Nathan or Duke threw that it didn't even look like it didn't even look like he punched in Nathan's direction. It doesn't look like he made contact with anything remotely. And then Nathan, you know, kind of like, oh, you know, staggers. And I was like, I no, not buying yeah. this. Like, nope, 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 nope. Come on, let's get that good choreography back. That Sean Pillar budget choreography. Yeah, that was uh, that was a uh, pretty pretty bad. I have to agree. But and then like with the you know, and this was uh, something I thought about this episode. And uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and ask the, the question: What do you think about the convenient location of items in this episode? You know, for example, the gun falling directly straight into Duke's hand when when, when the, the the magnetic field is off that's okay i, I can live uh, with that one i can live with that one okay and then there's a there's a lantern right there and then there's topsoil right next right yeah. next to the lantern yeah you know they, they got to do that you know it's like plot convenient you know it's like yeah it's just how it works all right like sometimes there's some moments you got to stretch a bit and i think that's one of them where i'm like uh right I, I could maybe see the lantern in the topsoil though i i just i can't see I can't see the gun dropping right into Duke's head. That's it should have dropped like into the middle and they scrapped for it. You know, that would have been that would have been better, but yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I just this is one of those it, it, because I'm already feeling like this is an episode that was created, you know, that was built around some, some uh plot lines for the future. And it didn't give, you know, just not enough care to the episode itself. I don't know. Yeah, I think there's this is definitely the weakest in opening, uh, opening yeah. episode to a season like mm-hmm. season one and two had much better you know season one's a pretty competent pilot pretty good season two with the plagues was a pretty good opener like continuing off of that twist at the end of season one and moving it like rolling right into the action it kind of gets us you know fraudery and evie introduced and you know establishes the conflict while the main trouble being still very entertaining very threatening where you're like oh, okay we got seven plagues going on <laughs> well yeah because you know it's going to end with uh, the angel of death and the killing of firstborn so yeah. th- th- some pretty high stakes shit there and this uh this as uh duke said this guy crawling up his own ass and <laughs> yeah it's just hard it also takes the aliens seriously at any point um and we know that the creators are big X-Files fans, right? They've mm-hmm. mentioned in the commentaries a bunch of times. Just joking, the episode should be called H-Files. Uh, it's just, I get that they're doing their homage to X-Files, but it just didn't, it just didn't really, I, it, it, I don't know. It's just not the right vibe for the show, you know, like Aliens. It, it doesn't, yeah, at first, the Aliens just doesn't really fit for me. It's Kingdom of the Crystal Skull all over again. And uh, freaking, <laughs> uh, and... You know, it just it has zero X Files feel whatsoever. Right, right. So, and X Files is something you, you should you know. It's it, it kind of goes back to uh, uh, Love Machine. You know, you don't pay homage to Maximum Overdrive because it's garbage. <laughs> X Files is awesome, but you can't pay homage to it if you can't do it right. And, you know, and they just you know they don't they don't have the budget, they don't have the tone. Of, it just doesn't fit, like you said, whatsoever. Yeah, I don't think I I I think it's fine homaging Maximum Overdrive for like an episode in the middle of the season. I think that's okay. What else? You know, it's also unique. What else is gonna homage Maximum Overdrive? Nothing. No one. Yeah, absolutely no one. No one. <laughs> so uh, once again, that episode wasn't great. I think I've like 
since been like a pretty weak episode, but yeah, uh, I didn't dislike as much as you did. Uh, yeah. But the X Files is like it was better than Lockdown. So uh, uh, yeah, I season two. Then, then again, getting a colonoscopy is better than Lockdown. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So I think uh, just another couple notes about the episode. One. So it was directed by Lee Rose. Uh, we mm-hmm. talked about how impressed we were with Lee Rose before. Uh, once again, I think she kind of, you know, is making do with, you know, what she's got, right? Like, right. I think these scenes are more entertaining than they really have a right to be considering. You're like, sometimes you're like, uh, Yeah, if like, Lee Rose wasn't directing this one, this this would have been, a oh, my God, a dumpster fire probably. Yeah, Yeah, I, I mean, it depends who else they could get. But, yeah, Lee Rose is good, so, you know. Uh, and that's why they bring in heavy hitters for episodes like this, right? Like for the finale, the opening. You know, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you, you bring Scorsese in, and it ends, you know, it ends up being four hours, you know, and uh, <laughs> the language, uh, profane language, is, is a problem. But yeah, sci-fi yeah. is like, what the hell? No, no, no. I'm just saying, yeah, you bring in a heavy, you bring in heavy hitters like Lee Rose on the big episodes, right? Mm-hmm. So they they did right. So credit there. to them for that. Credit, yeah. You want Lee Rose leading off the season, I think. Yeah. Uh, the writer was Jonathan Abrahams. Uh, the only other episode he did on Haven was Sparks and Recreation, the ep- introduction to Chris Brody. Oh. So, <laughs> uh, Chris, I'm sure Chris Brody wasn't his fault. You know. He, no, you know, no, no. Yeah, I'm uh, sure that's an assignment, right? They're like, yeah, you got to introduce the new guy, Chris Brody. He's trying to make them palatable, you know, but, uh, and once again, I don't think I disliked that episode as much as you did, uh, yeah. but it's another bad one. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so those are that. And then there was no commentary for this episode, which I thought was super weird. The first like, episode of the season, right? Yeah. It's super bizarre that we don't get a commentary on the first episode of the season. It, uh, from looking at it from the first disc on the Blu-ray, it looks like episode two and episode four have commentaries, but not mm-hmm. episode one or three, which one is like, so baffling i don't know it's like we got all this new stuff right but maybe there's going to be more characters and stuff introduced in episode two because i know we got some new supporting characters that we're going to get to uh in the next episodes so maybe that's kind of why there's a commentary on episode two instead of one because we're kind of dealing with the same main cast right now we're not introducing anyone new at the moment Right, right. It's it's just an appropriate point to talk about the DVD uh, like intros, you know. Uh, yeah, let's just talk about it. So when you, you, you when you load the DVD, uh, well, the Blu-ray. We, we're both rocking Blu-ray. Uh, I haven't found it in 4K yet. I have a 4K. There's player. not going to be 4K of Haven. I'll just uh, spoiler. They're not going <laughs> to. I can't even find Blu-rays of season four. By the way, I can only find DVD for season four. Yeah, so, good uh, luck finding 4K. But you know, so this one by season three, you know, it looks like you know they got it looks like they got bigger budget, you know, because it's a really when the disc opens up after you get through all the you know regular rigmarole with you know the dis- distribution company and yada yada, and when you get to your home screen, it loads you know loads an image you know like a scene, mm-hmm. and in the scene while you're looking through the titles. You see all the new freaking characters of the season. There's uh, th- yeah, there's... but you don't, you don't have any context to them, you know. Like you just no. see a person. So it's the same thing if you saw them on a poster or something. But yeah, yeah. Let me find you know. But and it, it's not even that though. But if you watch through the whole thing, you see Nate Nathan's Nathan's with Audrey. Then Nathan's with this new woman sitting next to her, very cozy. Then there's a new detective, I you know, and then there's right. But okay, well you're assuming. Or you're remembering that's a detective. 
There's no. Oh, he's got his badge on. You don't know. He could be like a you know Walker oh, Texas it, Ranger. <laughs> he's 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 got a badge on. That's all, that's all I'm saying. He gives and he gives Audrey a skeptical look. Lucy walks through the damn thing, and then Sarah does, and then they have all three of them sitting next to each other at a bar. They're really cool. You know, image wise, I I mean it's it's very aesthetically pleasing and, and cool. But I don't want the characters leaked till they dis- discover in the story. You know? All right. Well, one, you bought the Blu-ray, so they're assuming you've seen the show. It's how I mean. Obviously, there's no way to track this like st- these statistics. But like you know, if we were to somehow be able to gather statistics of people who buy shows on physical media, uh, or even fuck it, even that, that fuck, haven't watched them, that yeah, haven't seen it before, I'm sure is less than one percent. Yeah, it's infinitesimal. So they're banking on, you know, you've seen this, hence why the commentaries have spoilers in them, because they're like, yeah, if you're listening to the fucking commentary on this, odds are you've seen the show and you like it enough to listen to a commentary on it. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. I just, yeah. I will say I much prefer these menus to the ones to season one and two, because as much as I love the intro song, it gets really annoying really fast if you leave, you know, if you kind of like, finish the episode and it goes back to the main menu and the song yeah and you just, get up and you go get get a drink or something or you're checking you know. your phone and the song is on a really tight loop it's not the full song it's like a fucking like 20 second loop of the, yeah it's an the intense song. part of the song yeah too yeah, and it's, it's just cool. over and over and over and you're eventually like okay fuck stop <laughs> well yeah this one this one is the best you know you know like i said aesthetically of all of them by far and you know this one comes with a comic book too so you know, which we'll get to later we'll get uh, to that later yeah, we, we got a different treat for you later today right we'll be covering something else we'll cover the comic book on a different episode when it's closer to when uh chronologically it's supposed to be read uh speaking of comic books that's what we did in that's why we did in july our coverage on patreon of Jeff Lemire, comic book artist. And writer. Well, yeah. An artist can be a, a writer's an artist. Uh, if I wanted to I guess specify a writer slash penciler, uh, inker, I don't think he does his own. I don't know if he does his own inks, actually. Anyway, we did Jeff Lemire. He does comic books. We have, you know, some comic books coming up for Haven to tie into. If you want to check out our Patreon. Uh yeah, I don't have a problem with the main menu because also those shots look like promotional stuff. It looks like stuff maybe that was played on sci-fi or on their website or something, the way they're staged and like the lighting and stuff doesn't look like it doesn't look like scenes from the actual show to me. No, no, it, it, I, I would say it looks definitely promo. Yeah, yeah so but... it's just like promo stuff. So if you were watching TV back then, you would have been exposed to this stuff, too. So I don't think it's stuff that they're too worried. And we don't and, you know, so I don't know. Once again, it's it's well done, and like you said, you know, that's it's just me, you know. I'm I'm just passionate about the story and not, you know, giving stuff away, you know, because you know I'm rewatching it, so I don't, yeah, I didn't remember most of this episode. I I remember the abduction, and uh, I think that's really about it. Yeah, I didn't remember any of this alien stuff. Uh. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I think I probably I tried to, you know, suppress it, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and the alien stuff belongs with uh, the, the uh, Star Wars sequels that don't exist to me. Okay, um, let's 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 rewind the clock a bit, and let's go back to the beginning of the episode. Let's kind of walk through mm-hmm. this episode a bit more, uh, highlight some specific things we want to talk about. Let's talk about the intro, the the opening 
to act one. Oh, you mean when they do like the montage of no, the... no, 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 the the Nathan and Duke fight. So oh. what? What's up? so? Did they reshoot those? So for anyone, I'm sure you guys have noticed, we got to talk about Eric Balfour's hair. Right, dude, it's just randomly long hair out of nowhere. Like at the end of season two, he has his you know length from season one and two, and then randomly the same scene but clearly reshot with him with long hair takes place. And it's like, okay, so what happened here? Did he grow out his hair and was like, I'm not cutting it and they had to keep it or, and which is, that's money, dude. They had to reshoot that scene. That's a lot of money. It looks small. That's not that, but that's not, that's not cheap. Maybe they were figuring, Hey, we got to shoot the rest of that part. So we might as well, uh, we might as well just reshoot the like you know shots that we already had where he had his hair from before yeah that's uh that, that's not the only one. Yeah. Oh yeah what's the other one uh dwight uh, what'd you think of dwight's hair no no but that but no 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 okay dwight had short hair but that's not what i'm saying like the scene where nathan points a gun at duke and he's on the ground yeah you're uh, yeah you're saying yeah. They, they, they have to reshoot the whole scene right. because he's got longer hair now right right is... so that's like pretty like, I don't know. That's kind of crazy, right? To reshoot based off of like an actor's like hair. Well, and yeah, that's. Um, and there's like I, no, inco- you know, there's no time jump. It's one thing if it was like, oh, three months later and he has longer hair and you're like, okay, well, one, his hair probably wouldn't grow that long, but okay, I'll buy it, you know. But it's just like a minute later, his hair is long. It's like, oh, so what do we do? What's, what do we say in here? What's the explanation? Well, and then we got, like I said, and then, you know, it's not as bad, but yeah, I'm like, uh, geez, Dwight, you got a haircut somehow this morning before this accident, huh? And uh, at least that could have happened, actually, right? Maybe he did go get a haircut that morning because at the end of Sins of the Father, right, everything gets resolved. He got tossed in the water and then we don't really see him again. Uh, Or he's kind of gone for the whole like end game of season two, really, after he got tossed in the water. Yeah, so, but that's that's like same day, right? No, no, no. Well, no, but Audrey gets kidnapped the next day, like after all that shit happens. At least that's how I took it. Yeah. So he had time. He had time to go get a haircut. It's physically well, possible. What happened with Duke? This, this isn't physically possible. What's going on here? Yeah. I know that might they, they might you know some might say we're nitpicking you know but I just uh, thought it was funny or so I'm like what the fuck I was like I remember this but he didn't have hair like that uh, and because I also would imagine on a TV show I'm working on they stuff that would carry over from the end of one season to the next they would shoot the stuff that's going to be in the future episode when they shot the stuff for the finale so it would all be together and they can intersperse it through five. Uh, instead here it's almost the opposite right where they shot stuff for season two but that was almost a placeholder and reshot it for season three i guess that's what they did at the end of season one or two right didn't they re- recreate the mm-hmm. fraudery shock reveal as well they did they definitely did so that's i guess that's kind of been their standard operating procedure right i would imagine what would be more like cost effective would be to like and i guess it depends on how their budget's running and like time and stuff at the end of the season's but I would imagine you would just kind of have the kind of like that scene written out for the next season. I would want it done. And then we just shoot through it that day. 
is and then we're ready to go once we get to season whatever right season two season three it would make the most sense to me for continuity because things can happen i mean shit an actor might get a a scar you know have an accident get a scar or something you know grow out their hair (laughs) grow out their hair cut their hair shorter tighten up the beard yeah you know so it would make more sense to me and i well you know but like i said it might be you know just a little thing you know not everyone's fancy and you know works on tv shows you know so they're uh anyway you keep saying it like that ain't fancy <laughs> nothing. i was like i do not do a fancy job i can assure you I do not have a fancy <laughs> job on the tv show okay. not not glamorous remotely um so dwight's there in the traffic jam right when they come up and uh we got the manhole cover in the car and everything and Dwight, you know, Duke's like, oh, here we go. And Dwight's like, oh, it's you. Does Dwight really have any right to be mad at Duke? He tried to kill Duke with that fucking crowbar or whatever he was going to hit him with. Like Exactly. That was my <laughs> point was he was most likely going to kill Duke if he hit him as hard as he could with that crowbar back when we were talking about the episode. And now he's like, uh, yeah, we're going to do this. So I'm not going to lie, everyone. I, we had a We had somebody write into us and was like, I, Alex, I have to disagree with you about, you know, I made the point that Dwight, I made the point that Dwight, you know, wasn't trying to, wouldn't have killed him with that. He was doing a soft blow with the crowbar. <laughs> but I mean, I have to admit that I'm, you know, just kind of playing, it was playing Angel's Advocate there to, uh, just to kind of disagree. Owner my a, point. Yeah. Right. When <laughs> really, if you hit anybody with a metal anything in the back of the head, like, you're most likely going to kill them. You but. really stand a good chance of fucking killing them or injuring them to the point where they're going to have like brain damage. That's not, you can't recover from and stuff like that. So, so yeah, I do admit and concede Dwight, <laughs> Dwight was like going to kill him like with that, with that swing. So I don't really know. Dwight doesn't have a leg to stand on where he's like, Oh, it's you or whatever, whatever he says to him. It's like, well, dude, you stole the you were gonna steal the box that you yeah. two worked together to get, and then you were gonna kill him after. It's only well, fair it's, that he palmed you off the boat. Yeah, he, he didn't really harm you. I mean, you know, maybe you know, maybe it hurt a little bit when you hit the water, you know, but no, he didn't. Uh, yeah, he didn't. And you know, I'll, I'll give Duke. Duke was funny. Like Dwight was like, uh, "Last time I saw you, you were throwing me off a boat," and, and he's like, uh, "You were a bad boy that day too," which yeah. I thought was pretty funny. That's and Nathan shuts line. it down pretty quickly, but uh, yeah, yeah, Nathan's a bit of a wet blanket this episode. You know, he is not enjoyable at all this episode. But no. you know, the circumstances and Audrey's missing. But yeah, it's he's he's pretty Nathan's dour on a good day. This is like uh, cranked up. Nathan's really, uh, this is dark. We're back to dark, Nathan. But then again, we should be used to that. We've seen episodes where he goes over the edge and gets a little mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, it, should, it shouldn't surprise us. Uh, and I, I, I wasn't. I mean. Uh, yeah, um, so so the writing work and, like, the establishment was done that, like, of course, this is going to send him into, like, him being, like, you know, hyper aggressive with people and being like, dude, Duke, I'm going to fix this truck. I'm going to fix, you know, like, freaking out with people and be like, damn yeah. it, like, pay attention. Yeah, I was I think that specific scene, I was like the, the whole Nathan being lovelorn shtick. I mean, it was hard to watch. And uh, <laughs> what you do know, you mean? Oh, God. He's like, I can feel her touch, man. No, he didn't say <laughs> man, but you know, I can feel her. 
and it's just i was it, like yeah it felt like not necessary where nathan's like or duke's like no dude i get that you're like in love with her and stuff like how does duke know he, he's in love with her he can just it's obvious he can read the fucking room he's very he's very aware he knows what's going on oh he's he's so he, he's uh He's an empath, huh? Yeah, okay. I mean, he's an artist. He's, you know. Artiste. He went to art school, right? right he went to art school. He's got, you know, his Fredalba albums. <laughs> he's trying you know, to sell. He's wearing his beret and uh, black and white striped shirt. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, so is Nathan. But Nathan's more the, like, aggressive lock himself in a room for days and paint. Uh, but Duke's more, you know, be in tune then, with the universe. And, and then he sends Audrey a box with his ear in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know he's not the greatest at shaving his sideburns, so that's yeah. totally an op- that's totally a possibility. Okay, like uh, going back to it, you know, with that first scene, it, you know, it turns out to be an accidental shot. Uh, I think someone called that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on, you duh. It was either going to be an accidental shot or it was going to be a warning shot. You know, those are the only two. No, no one is going to actually shoot each other. Well, it, you know, if you if if you're a Patreon member and you listen to our uh, Trouble with Extra Syrup uh, series, you would have heard me calling that shot. So, boom. Yeah. Tell me that. Tell me that wasn't organic. Yeah, you put you picked the most likely option. I went out on a limb and went and you know I told a, a unique story. One that the writers of Haven would not dare to tell because they would be fired if they <laughs> tried to tell that one. Forbidden love and plenty of intrigue. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't. You know, you, I think you'd be interested in hearing that, folks. You might want to join Patreon. That was our May episode on the Stephen King novel. Later, there's a novella. It was a novella. I think it was a novel. Whatever. The novel novella later from the Hard Case Crime series, we covered that and then kind of took a spin on the Haven series out of what we extrapolated from later. Uh, Yes, so you were right on the prediction. You know, it's a little hard to really take too much credit considering you've seen this before, you know. Hey, I've forgotten a lot of it, right? You know. (laughs) But it might be buried deep in there. You know, you get like a sense of what's going to happen because subconsciously it's still... Inklings. Yeah, I've got some things about this episode that I, 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 I'm thinking I might be remembering something, but uh, you know, because I've got this notion, and we'll we'll, we'll talk about that that little later. So I'm wondering if maybe I am, maybe I am remembering a few things, and I'm not yeah. consciously remember them, but they're showing up in there. So at the 7:45 mark, also in the episode, or 7:44, I think. We had a hashtag on the Haven Herald area. Uh, on the uh, wall. Yeah. Yep, for us, a hashtag escape to Haven. We'll be talking about escape to Haven at the end of the episode. But uh, if you guys want to look for it, that's kind of where it happens. There's a little, you know, just like last season where we had the cold in Haven storyline going on with the hashtag scattered in the episode. Now it's escape to Haven. And uh, j- just as a little teaser, escape to Haven is about a thousand times better than uh, cold in Haven. Yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get uh, to it. So uh, one thing that I thought was really interesting uh, at pretty early in the episode is Vince goes outside to talk with Dwight so Dwight can inform him about uh, Audrey being abducted. And once he informs him, all of a sudden Vince gets just like a quick nosebleed, a little nosebleed. And he's like, uh, he's like, uh, oh, no, or 
or Mike, whatever he says. And he's like surprised by it. I was curious about that. Well, if you thought there was anything really interesting with that, you know, what do you, just a common nose, nosebleed or. Yeah. It's, it's dry up there. No, I don't know. It's obviously related to something, you know, yeah, it's uh, dry up there on the coast. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Um, you know, maybe as he reveals the truth, something, you know, truths, something's happening to him or to sign of something to come. I don't really remember, to be honest, what's up with that. So I don't even have any kind of inkling. I'm like, well, I guess I'm along for the ride. Yeah, the I think it's Vincent Dave just grows deeper and deeper every day. I think it's foreshadowing, uh, you know, uh, something in the future, which, you know, you can you can trace it back to, uh, you know, even with uh, his conversation with Max Hansen. And he's like you a know, maniac. They, yeah. He likes killing people. You gonna make him you're do gonna something? Make, gonna make me do something I enjoy doing. Yeah. He's like, oh my god, hurt. Like, yeah, there's something scary inside of Vince. That's why he's a lion tamer. Yeah. So I just I just thought that that was interesting. Um, I, I like that. You know, they kind of got the you know the, the Colorado Kid mystery. They got that kind of laid out there really quickly. I mean, it's like. Yeah. Uh, you know, because you're like, wait a minute, Colorado kid. Jeez, we read the book. We know he's dead. And uh, wow, this is a really interesting. This abductor knows the Colorado kid. So I like I, I like that quite I, a bit. Yeah, it's kind of like season two. It's a little interesting. Season two. Well, I think we got a lot of answers. Was more involved in its own storyline. You know, with the Rev being the central antagonist this season. This season kind of returns us to the big. And I'm not, and once again, season two had a lot of that stuff, but like it was more about this like brewing civil war in the town. And now three is kind of like, okay, now let's focus on the civil war is over. The troubled are, are going to make it. Now let's focus on solving this mystery with the Colorado kid and the writer. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would agree with you there. So it's kind of funny how for like a season we didn't get any updates on that mystery at all, where it's like, Colorado kid who? Uh, and then all of a sudden, the whole episode's focused on them, like, out of nowhere. Well, one thing uh, that I thought was pretty pretty cool was uh, when Audrey, uh, you know, she finally frees herself in the cellar. And what did, she, what did she pick up? A sickle. Did that make you think of anything King-related? Well, like child, Children of the Corn? Yes. Yeah, yeah so but that's... it's just like a sickle. It's not like a little a kid. If it was a kid holding a sickle... Then I'd be like, or if we like saw some like crops, it doesn't even have to be corn necessarily, but like a field, then I'd be like, oh, okay, this is a children of corn reference. But I don't think a sickle qualifies. Oh, I think uh, based on the special features from season one, I bet you they think it is. <laughs> no, I don't think it's enough to be children of the corn. You got to have Mal- Malachi and his uh, flaming red hair. You know, yeah. and- you just had to have a kid holding it. If it's a kid holding a sickle, I'd be like, that's children of the corn. Or a kid in a cornfield in a field, I'd be like, that's children of the corn. I don't know. There is a kind of light uh, King reference. I don't know how how seriously we take it. Uh, the hotel or the inn was the Altair Bear, Bay Inn, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is in Tommy Knockers, there's a planet called Altair 4. Right. So. Well, and then, the, you know, uh, Haven is the town in Tommy Knockers. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, so, so that was, uh, and, and I'll be honest, I didn't catch those things because uh, I never read the Tommy Knockers. You know, I, I not a real king devotee. It was a before. <laughs> it was, it's a lot of books, and it's before when I started. I didn't start reading King till uh, 1990. 
So the stand and gunslinger from the seventies, but I didn't those. read them till 1990. Well, yeah, yeah, so I, what, I, I, I how does that not qualify Tommy knockers that came out, you know, in the late eighties. I just never got around to reading the Tommy. Knockers. Or actually, I think I early, know. I think like yeah. mid eighties actually, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and once again, not an aliens type of fan, you know, just never, you know, Wow, so you say you don't like Alien or Aliens, the movie? Alien invasion abduction type uh, episodes. Yeah. I uh, Yes, I liked Independence Day. You know, is, is it cheesy? <laughs> yeah, but it's fun. It's great for the 4th of July, you know, that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, I think they, I think there were uh, more references to it. But That's all I caught. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I didn't catch it. Yeah. Sorry, not caught, but like all yeah. I like saw, I've like found. Uh, okay, so we're at the end of the episode. Let's. I just got a question. Can two guys lift a coffin full of bricks out of the ground? Well, dude, it, well a coffin is fucking heavy, dude. Right. That's what's right. so crazy in Phantasm, right? Like, is the tall man carries a coffin on his shoulder. But you're like, what the fuck? With a person in it, that's impossible. So Dwight and Nathan just lift out a coffin by themselves, and then it's filled with bricks. Yeah, and they're, they're, neither of them is is Angus Scrim. So okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, know. Dwight's pretty fucking big. Yeah, but, but, but yeah, on. that 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 was really that, that was really heavy. That like, sort of they were like, all right, say I was like, ah, uh, no, like, is someone helping you? You can't just lift a fucking coffin out of six feet. It's buried six feet. You got to lift a coffin six feet out of the ground. Out yeah. Over your head. You know how heavy that is? Yeah. I mean, it was uh, <laughs> well, it was an important scene because, uh, and it'll play into what we're talking about later, you know, because Dwight actually questions Nathan about, about the tattoo. He's like, you know, what are you doing with that? And Nathan's yeah, like, me too. I'm like, where'd that come from? Nathan's yeah, like, yeah. He, part of the you know we're doing it protecting audrey and uh and, and even specifically from duke if necessary and i'm like jesus <laughs> christ man calm down and first off and then but you know uh, dwight gives him some uh information he's like hey you know you know look out be safe yourself look out for yourself because not everyone who wears that mark is, is a good person yeah so well, also so let's let's talk about this tattoo Okay, so where did it come from? Uh, we saw in Julia it can come and go, right? It like appears and disappears off her shoulder, right? Yeah, that's the only person so far we're aware of having that ability. But so it appears on Nathan's arm. Okay, so let's just assume. Let's let's even accept that. Let's move on to the next thing. Well, he went and got it. Uh, I, did I, he, I, he went and got it. Yeah, he got it tattooed on his arm. Yeah. When in season two? Yeah. I don't even remember this. Well, no, they don't show it in the show, but I mean, you have to assume when he comes back the next day and he has it, he went and got a fucking tattoo. Okay, well, okay, okay. So you're assuming he went out and got a tattoo with the writers not saying anything about that. That is so weird that he went and tattooed his arm, his only tattoo that's visible. It'd be one thing if he had other tattoos and he's like, but he went, he goes out and gets his tattoo as a sign. How does he even know what that is? Like, they know it's something important, but like, how, why did he, why, you would just find a random 
symbol and tattoo it what if you find out it's the equivalent of a swastika basically it's yeah. like a hate symbol yeah. and they're like bro that's not cool to have on your arm like i have a friend uh that i was in the army with and you were too young to to remember him and uh he's jewish and he uh in college he got this tattoo that he thought looked really cool and they went home and his parent his grandpa and his dad are like dude that's an anti-semitic organization that you know wants to kill jews what are you doing yeah. See, like, you gotta oh be careful. Oh my god! No, and it's a true story. I'm not making that making that up. And uh, but yeah, so, so Nathan, so Nathan, so you're okay. So you yeah, were you're doubting. Sure you, so you, so you were doubting that Dwight could go get a haircut, but it's perfectly normal that Nathan went got a tattoo in in a night. Yeah. And but also, know. he had to go meet Audrey. Are you saying for his big night with Audrey, he was like, you know what? I don't have any new clothes, but I want to look pretty fresh for Audrey. I'm gonna go get this big ass fucking tattoo on my this- forearm. What? No. On the inside of his arm. Hell no. So where the fuck did it? So he went and got tattooed. Okay. Let's even, let's even say that. You're you're right though. You're right. The question, how ridiculous the premise is, is that I'm just going to take this symbol that I'm not sure what it really all means. And I'm going (laughs) to tattoo it on my arm so I can protect Audrey. The the one major thing he knows about it is that somebody with that tattoo is going to kill Duke. He's like, you know what? Perfect. Yeah. yeah, No, no, no. Give me that one. The guy's like, are you sure you don't want like flames or like, a tribal band. He's like, no, 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 that guy's gonna kill Duke. Yeah, I'll take one. Yeah, well, that's what he even he even says to Duke at the beginning during the fight, and he's like, well, what's up with that tattoo? And he's like, well, if you're gonna be killed by someone with this tattoo, I want to be on the list. <laughs> and, just, which was he said it angrily, but it was actually really freaking funny. If uh, delivered differently, it would have been better. But yeah, it's just like, okay, so you don't really know the deal about these things. You got this tattoo, and then he's like assuming it's like he has information that that we're not privy to about what this symbol means like he's like yeah uh i'm protecting audrey it's like so you thought by protecting audrey you should get a tattoo of this symbol on your arm well and i'm gonna contend that uh as long as he's been in the town and with his with his dad he knows what this, what what it means, and he he had to have known the whole but time. But we don't. That we don't, and we don't know work. No, because he's like uh, he's a pers- he is part of our POV. He's part of our perspective. We're following. We're learning information with him. It's not okay for him to have information that we don't, and it not be highlighted. Right? If he's like, if he's like, I know what this tattoo means. I'm not saying, and you're like, oh shit, Nathan's got a secret, but it's just, he knows that we don't, but it's not a secret. It's just not told. It's not communicated or like, it's like, what is this? Obviously. When it's on fucking headstones, it's not a secret. Okay. At the cemetery. <laughs> so basically it, and it's kind of so. But it is a secret because, well, it's clearly not like, you know, nobody, people don't know about these headstones that are on, or these symbols that are on the headstones because Duke didn't even notice that these were around. Like Julia's like, hey, look at this. And he's like, oh shit, every headstone over here has this fucking symbol. See, you know, basically later uh, in this episode, we're going to learn what that all means and all of that. And then it's going to make you, uh, you're going to be like, how the hell did people not know all of this? I mean, right, right, right. That's obviously as shows go on, they kind of reveal information. You're like, people didn't know about that. Like, why don't we know about this in season one? Yeah. Um, not this episode, but this season, right? We're going to find yeah. information that we that should be pretty obvious to everyone around the town. So I'm not really understanding why Nathan got this tattoo. It's so no, you're, weird. It's, it's so it, weird. 
it's uh, and I, I think it's out of character for him. Right, but, right. Uh, I know he went to college, but you know, I, if he went to college and did all this, uh, you know, bad shit, you know, well, he wouldn't he already have a tattoo. <laughs> now I imagine he, <laughs> he's got a butterfly in the small of the back, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I was just like, where did this come from? I was like, maybe it's appearing and reappearing. I thought the way it seemed to me was in the way I took it from season two and maybe I'm misremembering, but I thought it just kind of like appeared in season two on his arm during the fight. No, it was, it was already there when he came into that scene, but they, and they made it look like it was fresh though. It kind of yeah, looked like it, it looks kind of fresh, but I'm like, so what's up with this? He just got this tattoo. and was like, this tattoo means I protect Audrey. It's like, what does yeah. that mean? Like uh, the, yeah, so he, vague. The tattoo situation is so weird to me. I'm not into it. No, no, you're right. It it really makes no sense. It really makes Nathan seem stupid. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> I, mean uh, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to protect her, so I'm going to get this tattoo that I don't know what means, even though I've lived in this town my whole life, except for when I went to college. So, you know. <laughs> Maybe he went to uh, Haven Community College, you know. <laughs> that's right. He was in the same study group with Donald Glover and them. Yeah. yeah um, that's Greendale, but, Colorado, actually. Not to be confused with Glendale, Colorado, which is inside the, the city of Denver. and Or Glendale everywhere. There's a Glendale everywhere. Okay. Yeah, every, there's one in, yeah. Every much city everywhere. has a Glendale. Uh, so, yeah, it just and, I, and at that time, Audrey was safe. They thought they had resolved everything. So it doesn't make sense. What, did he find out she was kidnapped? He's like, I got to find her. Let me get this tattoo. That'll help. Then I'll go attack Duke. Like, when did this happen? I'm, I'm still contending that I feel like it just appeared on his arm. I'm going to go with that theory because him going to get inked makes no sense in any way we try to shake it this thing out. Well, that's why it looked fresh. He went and got inked before the date. It's so stupid. Oh, my goodness. Like, oh, the whole thing is. Yeah. I mean, it's- uh, yeah. So that's, you know, part of why I'm dropping this to a six. The tattoo bothers me. And he doesn't explain, you know, he's Dwight's like, bro, got that tattoo on your arm. He's like, yeah, I need to protect Audrey. I'd be like, did you, you know, what are you talking about? Are you obviously we have now watched the escape to Haven material that came out before season three. So it's like, so did you join this group that has this symbol? What the fuck? You know, when did that happen? Uh, Off screen, apparently it's been like 12 hours since Audrey went missing. When did all this like happen? Magically you did this when Duke was growing his hair, that boat, they were, they were in a stare down for maybe like, six months apparently <laughs> yeah yeah and uh well no and you you get this tattoo you know to protect audrey does that mean you think if you have the tattoo it's okay to kill duke it's not a you know morally it's not a bad thing to kill duke i mean let's also you know duke's right nathan sent that guy to his death like he is a hypocrite he sure yeah. the hell is yeah he, he sent that guy into the alien ship it was like he's like yeah uh he could come back after the troubles. And I'm like, no, his grandpa didn't grandpa come back. Grandpa didn't come back. Yeah, he is a hypocrite. Yeah. This isn't like the mermen who like, you know, we're like, hey, you know, once troubles ended, we swam back and we're all cool. Everything's good. Uh, no, that dude, they're gone. They're gone they're forever. Yeah. Also, his mom just burned like to smithereens. Like, uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe we should. They're just like, oh, yeah, shit, she's dead. Anyway, let's go. And it's kind of like. I don't know, have some empathy for the guy. His mom just like burned to death and he's basically having like, you know, a fucking mental meltdown. But, uh, but he's like, you know what? Why don't you go into that? You know, go up there. 
fucking die. Yeah, your grandpa's up there waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, after the initial anal probe, you know, you guys will be watching Netflix and catching up, you know, yeah, secrets so of the universe revealed to you. It's just like insane to me that he's like, I'm not like you, Duke. I was like, also, you're supposed to be protecting the troubled. You fucking served that guy up on a platter to the Grim Reaper. You were like, hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah. hey, buddy, why don't you go, you know, fucking yeah. took him to the barn, you know, and was like, hey, you know, look at the whatever. Yeah, and, you know, it just, and it goes back to, uh, you know, I, I just think they overplayed the Nathan's mad and doesn't trust Duke because of his father. I, you know, I get it, you know. That you know the the Crockers have been killing troubled people for generations, but uh, you know Duke has always said he's not his father. He's helped them. I mean, shit, he's practically part of the HPD, the, the Haven Police Department, <laughs> with all the amount of time investigations he's contributed in. So I just thought they overplayed it, and it, it, Nathan, yeah, it was just too, it was just too much for me. Yeah, um, and then one last thing. Dude, that's not a potter's field, right? Yeah, like that's a, a pot- cemetery. A potter's field is a field where you bury people whose identity are unknown in essentially unmarked graves, right? Like, right, because they don't have, they're not identified. That was a cemetery with specific headstones, like you know, that are clearly, you know, demarcations of who's buried there. But they're like, yeah, he's in potter's field. I'm like, that's. Literally go to a fucking empty field and put a bunch of crosses, you know, wood crosses or something, and we'll buy that that's a potter's field. Like, that would probably would have been cheaper than renting a cemetery. Renting a cemetery is expensive because, like, there's a lot of insurance shit because you're over loved ones, you know, where they're fucking uh, – is interred the correct phrase? Interred, yeah. Okay, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that only applies to, like, tombs. Yeah, mausoleum. Um, uh, So we're, like, you know, fucking people are interred. Like, that's high insurance, high rental costs for a fucking cemetery. Uh, a potter's field is a, is a, it's called a fucking potter's field. It's like a, it's a field. Yeah. <laughs> it's where they bury the people. Nobody, you know, you know, obviously somebody cared about them, but like for all intents and purposes, you know, cause we can't identify them. Nobody fucking cares about these bodies because nobody knows who they are. Sadly, it's very sadly. Obviously. But- yeah. Potter's field is a sad thing. That's it also <laughs> morbidly. It makes great material for like writing and stuff. Cause it's, it's a, it's a sad idea. You know, the concept is a sad concept. So it's a great, like, thing for movies tv shows and shit and i was like that's not a potter's field that's a nice that's a really nice fucking looking cemetery there's nice flowers it's really well taken care of i was like i've seen some shitty cemeteries that uh were not taken care of and look like fucking hell itself that's not one of them well yeah i mean there's like some of the inconsistencies you know i mean how did duke so easily manhandle it uh former fbi agent i mean it's like like she's oh, audrey a, yeah yeah it's like she's a, a rag doll i'm like she lost all of her fbi training you know and, yeah you know, and also uh, why do you cover up her scream once again it's like who gives a shit if she screams like yeah i mean how did the skeleton uh get how did Rosalind burn to the point that she was a skeleton in that short time? Well, even though the coroner says four hours, but no, 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 but that's highlighted. That's clearly part of the mystery. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's clearly something we're going to answer. So that was like, cool. That's not Mm -hmm. a problem with me. uh, Cause that's, that's part of the story. So something's funky's going on with this guy. I like that. Yeah. Well, who do you think uh, killed Rosalind? I don't fucking know. I have no, I really don't have any inkling on who the kidnapper was. I, I don't think uh, I, I don't think the abductor did it. 
I think I, I think oh. was I think Wesley killed his mom because oh, he believed th- he believed that horse shit that his grandpa said that uh, when the when the aliens can't harvest you they burn you up, which is horseshit because you never hear that in alien lore aliens burning humans. No, Uh-oh. but he wasn't even there. He wasn't there when she, like he showed up at the house. After the probe shit. Yeah, yeah, he didn't, like, burner burner himself. His power did, is what I'm saying. What? No. No, 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 no. So, wait, she was being held captive in the basement. I don't even believe she was in the basement with all Where do you think she was? I think I, I think it was the abductor, and he can change his voice. Okay, that's fair. Her. That's what I think. Oh, you know what? You know what? I think you're right. I actually, I will buy into what you're saying. I think that sounds right. Uh, and what I'm worried about is that possibly is a past memory making me think that. Uh, you know what? Because that sounds so right. I I think you're right. I think that is like a past memory because it sounds really correct to me, yeah. too. Uh, well, and, and Rosalind's voice just didn't sound right. I mean, yeah, there's just, something kind of weird about it. Right? Something weird with it. So, so I think was, you're I think you're right. But it also begs the question of. So did Wesley's power burn his mom in the furnace? That's what I think happened. I think he killed, burnt, you know, not intentionally, obviously. No, 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 no. I think the uh, kidnapper, killer, I think he did kill Wesley's mom because she did have a connection to the Colorado kid. So I think he did kidnap her and interrogate her and then murdered her and now can replicate her voice or identity or something like that. That's what I suspect. Kind of like I, like Alec Baldwin on Saturday Night Live when he plays the mimic. <laughs> yeah, just like that. No, because I think because um, we're done with Wesley. Wesley's done. We're not. There's not going to be a return to things. <laughs> you mean when the troubles are over, he's not coming back? Yeah, no, like, he's, like Nathan said, they could fix everyone's trouble and everyone kind of gets a happy ending. We'll never see Wesley. They won't talk about this. again. No, no. If, if they bring someone back, it needs to be uh, Joe Campbell. No, he didn't have a trouble. Joe Campbell, who needs to come? Well, no, no. I was like the captain. Van Richards didn't also didn't have a trouble, so he can't come back either. I don't know who would come back. Maybe Firestarter would come back if someone comes back. He comes back as a fire in cor- like uh, non corporeal being. Anyway, we're done with Wesley. We're never going to hear from him again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would, would agree. It wouldn't yeah. be they wouldn't later find out that that mystery was tied to him. The mystery will be that she was kidnapped by the guy. He got the information or didn't get the information he wanted. Was done with her and then killed her and burned the body and then mimicked her or whatever. Back to my beef with the alien part of this episode. Okay, uh, what do you th- what do you think that mothership is? That not, not the smallest mothership in alien abduction uh, movie or, or show history? It was the size of the house of the that's, inn. That's fine. I was okay. Uh, it looks no. cool. It's not a mothership. I thought it I was mean. bigger than the house, but it wasn't huge. But you look at that one scene. They have it. It's like it, the exact length of the width of the house. I mean, it was, that's because of the distance. It's like an airplane looks small in the sky, right? When it, it's you know. not that high up. They didn't make it look like it's only up like a hundred feet. Look, the I way don't the know. aliens move through the dimensions, it's much bigger than it looks. It's bigger on the inside. Okay. <laughs> okay, uh, okay, Doctor Who. Yeah, it's like the, a TARDIS. The the Bark Tower is is next. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I like the mothership. I thought it looked cool. I, I mean, the ship itself. I thought they they, uh, they did a good job on. I just, I'm sorry, you, you couldn't make it look bigger. Just, they're small uh, aliens. They're small. They're like little guys. They're not big. They don't need a huge ship. Oh, they're like the little ones from Men in Black, right? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. All right. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, it makes it more questionable how they're kidnapping people, I guess. But, you know, yeah, I was uh, 
I, I retract. No, I don't. I still think the mother the the mothership was bullshit. That was it. And uh, I just say personally, there's no way I'm uh, I am volunteering to be sucked up into the mothership. If that happens in real life, I'm not doing that. He I saw. Go ahead. You, you saw what? I saw the Twilight Zone episode uh, to serve <laughs> man. Right. Uh, probably my one of my one of my favorites. And uh, no, nah, uh, not going with the aliens. Yes, I've read Slaughterhouse-Five. I will not be joining the aliens. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this episode just to me was, like I said, uh, the action and the dialogue. Uh, I wish they came up with a more creative way. And maybe this just isn't possible on network television, or especially at the time in 2012. That's when season three started to do kind of more creative episodes, right? Like you could do something more outside of the box. Like that wasn't really stuff channels like sci-fi wanted but i would prefer they do something more outside the box that doesn't have this like traditional we need like an a a story b story c story like we gotta have the you know the aliens and this excuse for action like you know honestly a lot of us would wouldn't fucking mind an episode that's like purely talk if it's just like a once you know obviously you don't want every episode like that but on occasion it's all right to have like something experimental or something weird right where they're in like the same room or like uh, they're just talking to each other. It's just like a conversation or like well, something it, more exploratory. Yeah. Well, and this is like all of these things that, you know, uh, we've laid out through our discussion. They need to be set up. We we know that they need to be yeah. they need to be set up. But and I and I know it's the first episode of the season. So you really want to have a good, compelling first episode. You know, so I think maybe that's why they're like, oh, we got to have this action because we got to get these things out there. Here, here's how we'll do it. It's just I think there could have been a, a, a better idea that versus this trouble and this action. I think I, there's better. I, I could have been a better idea for. That. I think some kind of trouble that like would link Nathan and Duke to the point where they can't be like more than five feet apart or something like that would have been kind of the direction to go because it tethers these two guys who are on the verge of killing each other together and we can kind of focus on the big story like fuck the story of the week we don't want that like we don't want that like we're watching it who's there for the alien who's like yeah i want to know more no they're like no 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 who kidnapped audrey uh what's up with the tattoo what's up with the colorado kid that's the stuff we want to know the alien stuff is almost like it's your vegetables right you got to eat your vegetables but really we want the fucking steak and then we want the dessert yeah, no, that's that's ex- exactly it. So they could have got poisoned by like the same thing, and that they both need sure. to, so, to have the same antidote or some some, some shit. something. Because I thought it was also like uh, not the best done the way they like stick together. I'm like, would Duke and Nathan really be like with each other this whole time? Like, I feel like they would separate from each other and go do like it. Just kind of felt like convenience that they were like together, like when they're trying to kill each other. So oh, this this, a whole, this whole episode, gee, how the hell is Dwight already at Wesley's house and taking him out before they get there? How how are the Teagues there? I mean, Jesus. I mean, the Teagues yeah. is weird. I, I could see Dwight because he's, you know, like he's kind of the guy. He's the cleaner guy. He's going to be the first person on the scene always. He had to have been far further away than uh, Nathan and Duke. They were in the general area already. Well, we don't. Well, you know, they had to fix the Bronco, you know. It just started working when the. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I see. But let's just I could do the Dwight one, the the Dave and Teague one. No. Where did they come from? Yeah. I don't know. So 
But yeah. speaking of the Teagues, I'm glad they put their difference are uh, putting their differences aside because I enjoy them much more when they're working you know, when they're on the same page and we get their comedic banter versus oh, them pissed annoying. at each other. They're pretty annoying when they're pissed at each other. To be honest, they're right. They're like so. kids where you're like, all right, stop, shut up, uh, stop fighting. Uh, so yeah, this episode just kind of like I said, disjointed. The trouble is just it's just a misfire. Not that this is not it. Uh, like I said, something that forces Nathan and Duke to be, and you know what else that could help with forces Dave and Vince to have to be with each other as well. Uh, something like that, that forces these like people who, you know, the, the pairings. Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, that are having disputes, but have to work together. And, you know, at the end, Dave and Vince are like, you know what, let's put our differences aside to figure this shit out. Nathan and Duke at the end go like, you know what, actually fuck you. Like I'm not on your, like this didn't make us closer. I'm this is we're worse. So, like, you get that kind of variety, right? Sure, is it on the nose? Yes. Aliens, it's not on the nose. It's not even on the face. It's, like, off the fucking body. <laughs> yeah, it's just... It's not yeah, a, like, out of left field. It's, like, came from the fucking hockey rink, not even the baseball field. It came from outer space. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it was a swing and a, swing and a miss. And, like I said, I... I I gave the seven just once again out of my my love of the characters and all the cool stuff and and how it got me excited for these different uh, plot lines that they're that we look like we're going to be exploring, and then uh, our next exercise really gets me excited for the rest of the season as well. So. Right. So let's move on to that. A little extra topic of the episode is the promotional material leading into season three called Escape to Haven. Uh, it was it similarly had a Twitter story. Uh, I've not found transcripts for the Twitter story yet because the website we used to use or we used for the Colden Haven transcript once again got shut down because Wikifoundry closed as a website. All websites under that banner got deleted. So I don't, I'm still looking for that. We'll update you if we find that. But what we did, we're able to find is still the videos. You can still find the videos that were tied to the Escape to Haven storyline on YouTube. Yeah, it, it, it was a little tricky for me to find them on YouTube. I had a, I forgot which word, word salad I, I came up with in the search engine that oh, I just finally typed got in it. Escape to Haven on Google. <laughs> I swear I typed that in and it didn't come up. Uh, there was there like it was a compilation. We'll put a link. But I had I was watching one that was just sixteen minutes of them all. Smushed, yeah, right. I found the same one though. I rewatched them on the Blu-ray. Because they're included with the special features on the Blu-ray. Ah, see, that's good mm-hmm. to know. So I was wondering, I was like, maybe they're on the Blu-ray disc, and then I kind of forgot and just found them on YouTube really fast. I was like, I'll just watch them here instead of switching discs. Uh, so you can find them on the special features disc of season three's Blu-ray for those yeah. who have it. It's disc four. So right. Um, so Escape to Havens is a little promo. So we have a there are a series of videos, eight videos, uh, split kind of you'll see part one's kind of the first half or one thing, the second half or another, we kind of are, we have a woman who's kind of explain. it's almost like a training video. Well, it's almost like a, like a cult indoctrination, you know, recruitment video for a cult. It starts off with, with, with the maze image, you know, the maze tattoo image. And so liberally tattooed on his arm. In red, you know, and then she comes out there and says her name isn't important, but you know, basically asks you in, in the first one is, are you troubled? And she's asking, does this happen to you as they're showing scenes of things that happen to the troubled over the course of, of the season? 
So she just kind of talks about a lot of it's a clip show. A lot of it's talking about stuff that's mm-hmm. previously happened. And then she's explaining who the troubled are, blah, 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 blah. All the stuff that if you've been watching pretty closely and if you're fucking listening to this podcast then you know all that shit pretty well. Um, right. Was there any new information from her that we, you know, that was to be gleaned, except for the fact that there is an organization related to this tattoo uh, symbol? Well, she based, she comes out and names it. She it's the guard. So right. she 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 names it. It's the guard. She goes through and it's basically it, it is. It's truly a recruitment video. Let us you know find us or let us uh, find you. And uh, and I thought it was just going to be all clips. And then we get to that one where the Teagues that you know shoot new footage. It's new footage of the Teagues talking about this guy hacking their Twitter account. Right. So. And so somebody's hacked their Twitter account. And that's where, you know, you would follow the story on the Twitter side is you would be reading these tweets of the guy who hacked into their account. They regain control of their account as they're talking to this mysterious person. We're not sure if it's the kidnapper or not. Once again, I need to find the transcripts if I can. I, I think the, vo- the voice sounded different, but I mean, but I don't know. According to your theory that they can change their voice. So who knows? Yeah. Uh, also, the footage used in the Escape Haven videos is clearly of way lower quality than the rest of the show way lower mm-hmm. right. quality uh so so it's not clearly done maybe after the fact or before the fact of you know the main shooting or on the side some you know some other small promo units probably some sci-fi well and it, it's it's made to look glitchy you know kind of like like that pirate video it's got the yeah but no even the frame rate's not quite right uh you can just tell like the depth sensor size of the camera stuff like that like the lenses they're using it's just of lower quality than it looks a lot better on the blu-ray than it does did on the youtube video i know i know well we were talking that's resolution what i'm saying is like what I can see, like of like the type of camera they used, it's of production value. It's yeah. not remotely the same type of cameras they were using for the show. So it's I, what I would think is as a sci-fi team was like, hey, we want to do some promo stuff, write up some shit. So they wrote up some shit, and then the sci-fi team came and shot it uh, on the side or something while they were doing main episode productions. Um, so that's the first half, and then in the second half. Uh, the feed gets hijacked. Hijacked. That's right. And uh, who who hijacks the feed? The guy Dwight who Hendrickson. is an expert in every field ever. Apparently knows how to enter. You know, get into their stuff, hack into their videos, and upload his own counter uh, counter propaganda. I suppose. Right. So Dwight Hendrickson ha- hacks in there and says, "Hey, the guard lies. You can't you can't trust them." You know, and then. He has a series of uh, webisodes where he uh, explains who he is, you know, his trouble, which is pretty cool getting to hear Dwight's backstory like that. I thought that was pretty interesting. What, what, you... uh, yeah, it was like, one, it's all information we really know. Uh, I did think his bulletproof vest with the symbol on it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's um, uh, that, that, that was so over the top. Like, and then, you're just going <laughs> to stroll around town in that thing like, and then like. People being like, what's this symbol? And it's like, that dude's got on a bulletproof vest. Like, that's no mystery. It's, it's on the, all the, it's on a bunch of headstones. People got it tattooed in their arms and that's vest, but no one knows what it means. It's a mystery. Yeah. Bullshit, uh, man. So I was like, uh, and so it's all information we know. It's nice little extra. So you get a bit more detail on how his daughter died, uh, you know, and his guilt in the, in its, once again, not the same Lizzie who he saw in the woods. I know, I right <laughs> when you when I was watching, I was like, "Yeah, he's gonna say he's this is gonna be 
uh, was it sticking your craw or something like that? Is that the saying? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no way your dad can't get away, cannot mention this one. Yeah. I was like, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna know this is a different girl again. <laughs> I just kind of, you know, I this it. is I, way after the fact. I can understand yeah. this one, that one, and who, what, where, when to go. No, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking because that was two in the same episode, two different girls. This one, it's way after the fact. That girl is probably older, or she's not even in Canada. I, I understand. Well, it looks, you know, it looks more. Pla- it looked, it looked plausible. I mean, she's yeah. got, she's got relatively the same hair color, and yeah, she was tall. He's tall. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was kosher. Um, it was, it was all right. It was, I it just raised the kind of question to me of like, so there are troubled people outside of Haven. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So yeah. that was like kind of a news flash to me, right? Like this is the first time they really, they really talk about that. I well, mean, it kind of answers some of our questions from last season though, with the British mm-hmm. guy and, uh, Cornell <laughs> yeah. who clearly are not from Haven, Maine. Yeah. Uh, definitely not. It, it answers questions that they got their troubles somewhere else and moved there, but it doesn't really answer the question that they're like, what's the, uh, uh, so it adds some like credibility to that idea but it takes away credibility because it's like they show up and then they're surprised when things happen. They're like, Oh my God, the machines thing. And it's like, wait, so why did you move to Haven? You know? So wait, wait, wait. It's like, you're either a British guy who lives in Haven with a British accent, which doesn't make sense. Or you're a guy who moved to Haven because you're in trouble and then are surprised when it happened, which doesn't make sense. So it's still, we're just caught in this input. It's like, there's two different concepts of Haven that are smashed together. It's almost like there's a town that everybody knows and a town underneath that. It's a town. There's a story that the writers came up with, and then there's one underneath that. We're like, wait, this is more interesting, but it doesn't jive with the other stuff we established. But we're going to do it anyway, and fuck it. Well, Lewis, I think Lewis, you know, uh, you know, he's from Haven. It's just that his parents were – his parents made him watch Monty Python every day, <laughs> yeah. every single day, and he just picked up the accent. So there. It just stuck. So, yeah, it just – so I find that odd that like this thing so intertwined with Haven that you can be born in fucking St. Louis or San Diego or fucking, you know, uh, Caracas, like Venezuela or whatever, and like have a fucking trouble. And then like, oh, come to Haven. And then what, die? Because it's not like it helps. Why would they move there? People are still getting afflicted by the trouble and getting fucking, you know, like. And then, and if I live there as a normal citizen, I'm like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. There's yeah, like I'm moving crazy... out of Haven if I'm not troubled. Yeah. Well, because it's one thing if it's like, you know, your neighbor, your whole life develops a trouble. I would say, don't try to kick them out and don't try to move. It's you know, it's not their fault. It's like a thing that happened. Um, but if all these people are moving there, that's completely different. If like. I'm like, oh, hey, this town was normal, and then people's superpowers started moving here. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, if like you know, a, a significant portion of the town is troubled, and like you said, has these uh, supernatural trouble skill, you know, abilities, and they're recruiting more and more moving in, then yeah, I think you got to get out of Dodge. I think that's. But then also, you know, <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. It just doesn't make sense. Like that people with troubles outside of the town are moving in. It, it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't work and it, because there's no system for, so let's just say someone's uh, from, we'll, we'll say Toronto, someone in Toronto gets a triggered and their trouble comes out. 
there's no Vince and Dave covering up the story. Right. There's no, yeah. there's no cleaner. There's no fixer. There's no Audrey to teach the person. They end up killing themselves and killing a bunch of people. And it just, yeah, it, you know. And the, like. You're right. It, it doesn't really work. I guess it does make Jess Minion, who when Nathan was like, oh, I'll move with you to Montreal. And she's like, no, your trouble will follow you. And I was like, what? There's no troubles outside of Haven. I guess now that's, you know, she was right that there are troubles outside of Haven, which is just conceptually. It's just, yeah, it just doesn't work. Like it doesn't, it, 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 it doesn't actually. Like, okay. I mean, so how did Dwight, cause it's all lineage, right? It's passed down through families, right? Mm-hmm. Which makes sense in these small towns that are very, uh, there's a word I want to use that's not appropriate. Not, that's, you don't want to use uh, you don't you don't want to make any <laughs> reference to uh, cousin loving. And, uh, <laughs> How do I say this? Just more um, uh, homogenized. Let's go with that. That's that's yeah. a that's a real that's a much better word than I can't think of a better word. Uh, you know, homogenized. It's t- you know just fucking families that have been there for a long time, right? You know the type mm-hmm. of towns, the small towns. They know my great grandfather. You know, opened this. Blah 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 blah. Obviously, we're never like a family like that. Uh, oh, it, I, you were born in the mil- military, so yeah. right. Or like we moved around, you know. And our like family origins is like not. I took a class where they're like, "Oh, try to find some documents from like a hundred years ago." I'm like, nobody knew how to fucking read or write my family a hundred years ago. Like, geez, shit, they like, barely do now. <laughs> I was like, wait, what documents are they gonna get? Like, I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to find. I'm sure somebody knew how to read and write. I'm not everybody, but you know. Uh, I, I saw my I saw my grandpa's uh, census surveys online actually through oh, yeah. Ancestry. Yeah, uh, Grandpa uh, Grandpa Kinsey. I saw his uh, that, and I think I saw their marriage certificate of him and my grandma. So, but then they wanted a bunch of cat. They, they wanted me to pay for more, and I was like, ah, that's all I need to know about Gramps. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, Okay, but yeah, so we're so there are these families in small towns, you know, that know the lineage and the family tree, blah 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 blah, uh, and that's clearly where this comes from. Like, what's a Dwight's dad? And he and he says in the episode that his dad knew about the trouble but didn't tell him, like an asshole, right? Remember? Yeah, he says that Duke? when he when he when him and Duke have their little fight and yeah. they become best best buds, BFFs. Yeah, when they're besties, he's like, "Yeah, my dad knew. Didn't fucking tell me. Let me go to Afghanistan." So where was it? His dad? What, were they living in like Pittsburgh? And his dad had a trouble. Like, uh... so you you would think because yeah, he's in Afghanistan and it gets triggered triggered and uh, good thing he probably saved the lives of all of his squad because he <laughs> took all the bullets, right? Yeah. So and then he uh, and then Grady, mysterious Grady, comes to see him in the hospital. And uh, wait a minute, how does he get out of the freaking army? They don't just let you leave, you know, when you want. You got a contract, you know. Well, maybe he like maybe they, you know, what if like what if like they say the injuries he sustained, would could he get like discharged for that? Yep. Uh, yeah, he could be. He could be medically retired, but I mean, he was shot in the chest a bunch of times. So um, yeah, maybe that's medically. He probably got medically retired. He got shot in the chest a bunch of times. They're probably like, how the fuck's this guy alive? Now, I I could buy maybe Brady has some government connection and got him got him discharged and then and then he moved to Haven with Lizzie to be safe because that's where trouble people you know are safe. But yeah, the whole it just like I said it just doesn't it just doesn't work. And, yeah, um, exactly. It's just bizarre. It yeah. just should stay in Haven, and it should make sense that Grady could come and be like, "This is you know they should make Dwight from Haven," and Grady showed up and was like, "Bro." 
this shit's related to Haven. You need to come back with me to solve this stuff. Like, you know, you can join the guard, right? right. You run to the ends of the earth. It won't stop that you're cursed because of where you're from and like your lineage, like in this town. So, and then he's like, okay, I've got to come back. I've got to return to Haven. Uh, Well, and then, (laughs) uh, you know, and he is troubled. (laughs) So, but nonetheless, right. So if if his dad was from Haven, okay. Or it's Mark. I I think there's gotta be a connection to Haven and maybe they'll establish that where they go with the guard, but I mean, that's the only way possible. That would work for me too. If if Dwight's dad was like from Haven and had moved the family out, but clearly he doesn't give a shit about his family's safety because he let his he let his son join the fucking army and go off to Afghanistan without telling him, hey, you're a bullet magnet, you know. <laughs> At least warn him. You'd still go, but just so you know, it's not going to be a fun time for you. Yeah, try um, not to get upset. Stay very <laughs> calm at all points. So uh, Escape to Haven is cool. I just had that was like a, like a, you know, a red flag immediately in my mind. I was like, what? Like, what's this about? Well, yeah, I mean, he joins the guard and then they start doing questionable shit. They ask him to kill someone who's essentially innocent and doesn't want to join them, which really gives you that cult feel. And And Nathan got a tattoo of them on his arm. And Nathan just out of the blue. Yeah, they're cool. They're cool. I mean, I guess normal people get sucked into cults, you know, people you would think you wouldn't think. So it it was either this tattoo or a tribal band. Yeah. (laughs) Flipped a coin, got the maze. I can't do another barbed wire tattoo around my arm, guys. Audrey said no. (laughs) Or the ankle. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so cool. You know, I prefer the stuff with his daughter. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, and I like, you know, the idea that he was with the guard and then they did some questionable stuff, so they kicked him out, blah, blah, blah. I think he he quit. He quit. He he quit. quit, And then uh, they tried to shoot him for quitting. And uh, the bullet found uh, Lizzie, whose uh, trouble was triggered when she saw her dad in duress. Right. So, like I said, that's like fine with me. Um, Just the like, you know, they could be anywhere thing is like the pause. No. Yeah, but I guess, uh, like you said, maybe his dad, you know, is from Haven. They had moved. That's the only. uh, I can buy that. I can buy it because, dude, people would get triggered in other places besides Haven. I mean, sure, maybe you know, there's little Mister mysterious things that happen. Like, well, we covered some mysterious things in our Patreon episode, the Haven Men, Haven Man episode. uh, Like the main main men. Oh yeah, 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 main men. Um, Yeah. The guy who disappeared in the woods or something, and all he had was bug spray. You know. <laughs> bug spray and uh, what else? It was just like a, it was like a suitcase, like a bug briefcase, spray. right? Yeah, a briefcase yeah, with, briefcase bug, with spray. bug spray and no, so, uh, no water. Yeah. yeah, no protective gear, no water, nothing. Uh, so you know, maybe that's the explanation, right? Is like there's odd occurrences in the world, and that's trouble related from people who moved out of Haven. Boy, um, but it sure is all the mild ones that would seem. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, no storm. You know, yeah. people are multiply guys or anything like that, cloning or anything like that. Um, yeah, it was, but uh, you know, so it was. It's very cool as like extra material, right? That's what's nice. Is like it's a bonus, right? It's not like an episode. If it was an episode dedicated to this stuff, I'd be like, oh, I don't know. But it's it's just extra. Yeah, it's extra I've, whipped cream on you know on your whatever your dessert. Well, and then Sci-Fi also uh, released like ha- Haven Herald issues online. So yes, I was wondering if you're going to talk about that. With this yeah, story. I thought that was super, super cool. And which, you know, basically what they do is they uh, basically show the how Dave and Vince cover for all of these, you know, occurrences of the troubles. You know, you know, 
high school kid and his buddies make the crop circles to freak everyone out. Gas yeah. p- gas pipe for the explosion. So no, it's which pretty is, cool. Very cool. We always knew that that's what they did, but it was really cool actually getting to see the Haven Hair article. So I give Sci-Fi props for that. That's pretty pretty neat. I'm going to be checking that after uh, every episode going and, forward. And what's cool? Three. And what's cool is like that it is. Uh, it started at Comic Con as like a physical handout type thing. They handed out these like little kind of. It was you know I guess like it was like collectible, you know whatever. And then you know they're like, hey, people seem to like this, so let's do it for every episode uh, for season three. So we see it. No, oh, and that's cool. It's cool that you know, hey, they're they're building you know basically building their brand and you know, you know. Re- you know, and you can see how the season, how they ended up lasting that long. They took some some of these steps, which I think bolster viewership and yeah, exactly you create know, loyalty. Yeah, because we got like a lot of good side stuff, right? We got a lot of like web series, little Twitter stories, um, little comic books, stuff like that. Uh, and this is an example of epistolary storytelling, right? As uh, we talked about this before a long time mm-hmm. ago, and we were talking about Stephen King's The Plant. So it's like storytelling in the form of documents of like official documents, letters, newspaper articles to like reinforce the story and stuff. I are normally that would be the story, but this is reinforcement, which is really cool. Um, she beat me to it. I was going to mention that last. Oh, damn. That was the only uh, one of my observations that I had <laughs> not shared yet. So I'm on the zone. But I think that's it. Yeah, I, I think we have covered this issue from uh, front to back. This Genesis issue, you Revelation. mean episode, or do you think this, this the issue of is- the Herald? Uh, <laughs> so, so that's it for the episode. You can enter the maze of Haven secrets with us in two weeks. Trouble drops on Monday mornings, early enough for your morning drive to work. Remember, you can listen to us anywhere: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon, all those places. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, we are. We got an email. It's called troubledrewatchpod at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter. I've been a lot more active on Twitter. Just want you guys to know, at Haven's Trouble, capital H, capital T. Been making some jokes, responding to some people. Um, I think I was trying to shit talk a screenwriter the other day. It was a good time. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he doesn't let the old man uh, get, get on the get, – get with the tweeting. Now, after how Dave and Vince handled it, you're, you're banned. Uh Podcasting is fun. Uh, we have a Patreon where we do more podcasting. That's also fun. Uh, we have three tiers, $1, $3, $5, $1, a bunch of extra stuff. Uh, once you check out Patreon, you can see the long list of things you'll get. Uh, the $3 is where our extra episodes, Trouble with Extra Syrup is on. You can listen to those monthly. We got a new one for August coming up. And then our $5 tiers where our director's cuts will be coming out here in 2021. And uh, that's it from me, Alex French. And this is Rich French. And I want to thank you for listening and following us into season three. Uh, Please tell your friends, family, if you like the show, you like the pod, uh, let it grow. Let's uh, let's get more folks involved. We appreciate our Patreon supporters. And, you know, thank you for your support. It means everything to us. And without any further ado, welcome to season three. Please be safe, take care of yourselves, and most importantly, please remember, never let your troubles get you down.